0: Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Okay, so we're going to read Psalm chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 7 in the Message Bible. Let's read it. Let me tell you what God said next. He said, you're my son. Ah, come on, come on. You're his son. And today is your birthday. Yay! What do you want? Name it. Nations as a present, continents as a prize. You can, you can command them all to dance for you or throw them out to tomorrow's trash. <laughs> all right, we won't be throwing any nations out for trash, though. But it's amazing how we can ask for all kinds of things. Lord, give me a house. Give me a trip to Mauritius. Give me, but he said, hey, name anything, anything, and it's yours. God wants to give you more than just uh, um, whatever you Whatever the nations or, or the, the um, whatever the heathen seek, thank you, baby. He wants to give you more. All right, so um, we're going to just take the breaks off this morning and really go deep in the Word. And uh, so let's start. Let's go to Genesis chapter one. Um, you are you. We're going to switch, maybe keep it in the message, just for this verse, and uh, let's, let's read from verse 26, and then I'll read it in the Amplified, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in the message. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflect our nature, so that they can be responsible for the fish of the sea. The birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. Next verse. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female, and God blessed them. Prosper, he said. Reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. So if you pause there, let's go back to a couple of Sundays back where I said, um, I can't do this. We A couple of Sundays where I thought, okay, I can't. Um, is it Psalm 115? It's definitely somewhere there between Psalm 110 and Psalm 115. Somewhere there. The Bible says, the heavens belong to the earth, to, to the Lord, the earth he has given to man, okay? The earth he has given to man. And he said, prosper. And I love the word that it's the first thing that the Lord spoke over man is to prosper, that you will prosper. How many of you guys know that God wants you to prosper? 3 John verse two says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way, just as your soul prospers. He actually speaks in your health, And in every other way. So every other way that you can think of prosperity, John says, I want you to prosper. It's in in God's best interest that we prosper. Maybe we can just pause on that a little bit. If you've got a doctrine of poverty, you, you can stay poor and you'll have a real excuse to stay poor your whole life. But God wants you to prosper in every way. Amen? Good news. God wants you to prosper, church. God is not withholding anything good from you. He's not giving you a test if you're struggling with something right now. He wants you to prosper. He wants to bless you. Amen? So here's something that you can start by changing your doctrine, by saying, I am blessed. Say it. I am blessed. And if you stand in front of the mirror in the morning, you say, you are blessed. You are blessed in your soul, okay? And it's important that we understand, he says, just as your soul prospers. And if you don't have the soul prosperity, you'll never understand what true prosperity is. Because it starts in the soul. It starts in your heart. The Lord first wants to fix the invisible, and then the visible can follow, amen? But if your soul is prospering, everything else should prosper, everything else 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 everything else should prosper i've been to hospitals where where prosperous people have got all the money in the world but they don't have health and then nothing then it doesn't matter you know all they want is health and vice versa the lord is interested in the whole thing he said in um, i think it's in timothy when well, Thessalonians, he says, may your, your soul, your spirit, and your body be preserved unto the coming of the Lord. He wants all of it to be healthy. Amen? All right. So, we were there. So, he said the first word that God spoke is so that you'll prosper. Thank you, Jesus. I receive it. Amen. Amen. And um, let's read in, uh, in I'm just going to read it quickly in the Amplified. God said, let us, Father, Son... And Holy Spirit make mankind in our image and after our likeness. And it's a very interesting scripture because if you combine that with John chapter 1, he says, no man at any time has ever seen God. But when Jesus came, he made him visible. So even though man was created in somewhat or with the idea, maybe maybe you must do a Bible study and you, and you compare Genesis 1 with Genesis 2, because Genesis 1 speaks about creating man in the image. Genesis 2 speaks about forming man. God formed man in the dust. And if you combine this with Romans 8 verses 29, it says, those whom before knew from the beginning, he predestined them to be molded into the image of his son. So that means God had another idea that is like, That supersedes the one that we understand in the beginning. I want you to see that. So sometimes we think, okay, Adam must have been some ultimate. He was not an ultimate in any kind, he was formed from the dust. Okay? And I wanna say, we're not becoming Adam again. We're not becoming Adam again. Okay? That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that he became the last Adam. No. He was the last Adam who became the spirit man that we know as Christ. And that's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, not a new person, not a new Adam. You're Christ. You're a new creature. And, and so that's the image that we, that we take on. All right? Is that good? But I want you to see something. He said, let them have dominion. And and let them rule, let them reign in life. That's what God's idea was. He said, I want to give creation to man to rule over, to have dominion, to be in charge. To, and he explains the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And that's not farming. It's not farming. Okay. The only thing that I see that Adam ever did was he named the animals. <laughs> he named the animals, and then not long after that, he plummeted all creation into, into sin. And so we at no time ever saw in that, from the beginning, a man that was in true authority, that was in true control, never at any time, until Jesus came. Hallelujah. And then you see Jesus come, and the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, that he stripped off his nature, that he stripped off divinity, and he became a human being just like us. But when you see him, you see him walking on water, or you see him calming the storm. I love it, because when, when he calmed the storm, the disciples said, what kind of man is this? Because he, he did everything as man. He demonstrated to the whole church, to the whole world, what what a man in dominion and authority looks like. <laughs> and we see glimpses of, of what man with Jesus could do. We saw Peter doing what he did with walking on water. You've heard all my sermons on that. You, we've seen uh, them laying hands on the, on the sick, and the sick are getting well. All right, something, something, there is something more for the church of Jesus. Amen? And I'm not content with average, and I'm not content with just normal and natural. And the sad thing is that a lot of us in, in, in our faith are just drifting like the rest of the world is. We're all just going in the same direction. We're, we're, we believe in Jesus, but nothing else. We, we won't believe for anything else. We'll, our doctrine is pretty much the same as the rest of the world, except we believe that one day we'll die and go to heaven. Come on. Come on, let's just be honest. Like, and it's something that we really deliberately have to renew our mind, because if he's, if he's trying to, con, to conform us and change us and shape us into his image, something in our mentality has to change. Something in the way we think needs to change. The the way we approach things in life. Look at how Jesus approached everything. How he sleeps in a boat in a storm. You know, how he takes four days, four days before he raises Lazarus from the dead. Four days or the guy is sick. You know, like when we hear somebody is sick, we like, get the prayer groups. Get him, pray, 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 which is not, not bad. It's good. But, like, Jesus didn't have that urgency. If you see in John 11, it says, He heard that Lazarus was sick, so he decided to stay two days longer. He didn't have that urgency because he wasn't wasn't subject to, uh, he refused to be subject to the laws of nature. He ruled over it. And I know this is bold preaching because there's some things that we really need to grow in our knowledge of Jesus and the why and the how, but when we see Jesus, when we see Him doing those things, He didn't do that so that, so that, um, so that he, he could show off and then just disappear and then we wait for Him to come back. He said some incredible things like the works that I do, you will do also and greater works. And so until we accept the invitation for more. We're just going to drift with the rest of the, of, the, of the people. Come on, we're going to have the same doctrine, the same belief system. Am I, are you hearing me today? So, so God's idea was dominion. Now, if you, if you read Hebrews 2, let's go to Hebrews 2 verse 8. You read verse 8 there. I wanted to read Psalm, Psalm chapter 8. But let's read, let's read Hebrews 2, verse 8. And they amplified. It's fine. Okay, verse 6 says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Okay. What is man that you are mindful of him? On the Son of Man that you care for him. Then the next verse says. You ranked him lower and inferior to the angels for a little while. Wow. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Now, I want to, I want to preach on that maybe next Sunday. In the next verse. For you have put everything in subjection under his feet. Now, if we, if we connect that, that is uh, Genesis 1. He said, have dominion. And now, if you, the natural mind, the natural man will say, yeah, he said we must farm. We must look after the beasts." the sea, the birds. The natural man says that's what that is. Adam will agree with you. But this scripture says, now in putting everything in subjection to man, he left nothing outside of man's control. But at present, we don't see all things subject. That means we don't see all things under control. No matter how much you farm, we do not have all things under control. Can we think of some man that did have everything under control? Jesus. <laughs> okay, that is the key to understanding scripture, by the way. If you, want us, if you want revelation, if you want to understand the Bible, see Jesus. Because everything, the Bible says in, in Hebrews that the whole volume of the book speaks of him, points to him. From Genesis, when, when he created man, he already had Christ in mind. He already had Christ in mind, said, I'm going to, man, I'm going to send Jesus. I'm going to send him, and he's going to reveal the nature of the Father. And we can take on his image. Amen? Well, I think it's so good. But we don't see all things under control. And I love the word that says, we do not yet see. Imagine that word wasn't there. That means we won't see it. But the fact that it says we do not yet see means that we will. We will see all things under control. Not when you die and go to heaven because then you're irrelevant. (laughs) Okay? We do not yet see all things subjected to Him. Then the next verse says, but... We are able to see Jesus. And, and if, that is, if that is not like... Okay, let's word that differently. That church is our ultimate assignment today, is to see Jesus. We've preached it a hundred times in this church, look away from everything that will distract by seeing Jesus. When you find yourself subject by things that happen in creation, by bad things that happen, by plans that went wrong, you find yourself, oh, nothing is in control. I really, I'm just a man. I can do nothing. I can't do anything about it. Lord, save me. Lord, rescue me. Lord, help me. That is the moment where you look away and you, your goal and your responsibility is to see Jesus. Why must I see Jesus? Because he was ranked lower than the angels for a little while. He's fulfilled Psalm chapter 8. He, and he's crowned with glory and honor because of his suffer death. In order that by the grace of God to us sinners, he might experience death for every individual person. To the extent of death. Um, uh, that he, Yeah, and now maybe let's just read on and finish it. It was an act worthy of God that he for whose sake by whom all things have their existence in bringing many sons into glory wow man it's almost it's like it's too much can you can you can you hear like the the like the natural mind that this goes beyond nature this goes beyond the limits of nature this is literally the Christ life that we're speaking about that is that is above that is not trapped to the laws of nature. Like Ecclesiastes says, everything under the sun is for nothing. You're going to work, and you're going you're gonna to get your reward for your work. But you know what? It's just for nothing. Enjoy your life while it lasts. And then Romans 8 says, you will be redeemed from that proverb. You will be redeemed from a proverb that says, everything is for nothing. And you will have purpose behind everything. Amen? You're going to be redeemed from the cycle of wake up 9 to 5, go home, wake up 9 to 5, go home, until you get to church on Sunday. And the cycle's scary. And God says, no, I'm redeeming you from that. I'm putting purpose back into it. God wants you to see that He's got a redemptive plan for creation. And you get to be a part of it. And this is what uh, I believe where we hear preachers, I think we've heard the word revival. I'm, I'm all for the word revival. That's great. What I don't like about the word revival is that God must do it. God's got to do everything. God's got to come save. God's got to come rescue. God's got to come pour out His Spirit again. And look, we can do without pourings. I like the another, the, the another word that's called awakening. It's like, has that ever happened to you when you read a scripture that you've read a hundred times before, and all of a sudden you see something else? It's like, how did I miss that? Whoa, that is good. It's an awakening. You wake up to something. And God needs us to, to wake up to realities of verses that speak, you know. Like, let's quote it again. John, is it? John 14. Somewhere in verse six, seven, eight, somewhere there he says, The works that I do shall you do also. Okay. We've just read that. Do you have any idea how wild that is? We've read it a hundred times. Then, yeah, I don't know why it was even necessary for Jesus to say this. But he said, and greater works. <laughs> Come and think about it. And greater works than these shall you do. Not shall I do. Shall you do. Say me. Point to the person next to you and say you. You. Because he goes to the Father. So it tells me that God is not satisfied with the church, with his church, until his church acts like, talks like, walks like Christ. <laughs> He's not satisfied when we become just content with the mundane and the, just the natural He's not satisfied and that's why apparently well the Ephesians the book of Ephesians says that's why he sent gifts the, the 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 works, the five giftings of the church to equip people so that they can grow up into the mature picture of what Christ had, or what God's idea was a mature church Christ. Amen so, Wow, where shall we go from here? Last week, last week we, uh, two weeks ago when I was here, um, I I said uh, I asked the question that I didn't answer directly, but indirectly. I asked I asked the question. Romans eight says all creation, verse nineteen. You should be able to quote it by now. Says all creation is waiting. Is groaning, it's moaning <laughs> in pains of labor, like she says, for the manifestation of the glory of the sons of God. But one John chapter three says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. So do I go outside and open the door and say, Ta da, I'm here, I'm here, because we are God's sons. But it means that something's got to change. And, and something's got to change in me. And we, we, re, we read this through the... I don't know if you t- take your Bible and you read all of it. Read Second Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians 3 through 4 and 5 speaks about... We behold in the word of God... As in a mirror, as we, as we behold Him, we're changing. I was listening to my brother. He was doing a, a podcast the other day, and he said, "In beholding is becoming. And becoming is beholding. That means that what I look at and what I see changes me. Okay? You, they call it mirror neurons or whatever you... The, the more you see Jesus the more you change. That's why the Bible speaks about the glory that is shone in the face of Jesus. But we say, but okay, the Scripture says we are able to see Jesus in verse 9, but how do we see Jesus? I don't see, where is he? He's not yet. But but that's why the writer writes, we look to the invisible. And all of you know what the invisible is like. Right now, you're seeing the invisible. You, you, we speak um, we speak about Jesus and his image and his, his plan and uh, all the things that he did, and something inside you is going like, yes, 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 I see it, I see it. But you're not seeing anything physically. You're seeing something with your spirit. And the more you see that, the, the word says You change things. You begin to change, excuse me. Have you ever noticed that when the Spirit of God moves on you, or when you get a revelation, your desires change. Your shift, everything shifts. You stop watching something. It's like, wait, I don't like that anymore. Uh, You stop listening to, to the radio. You stop listening to the news. Because you realize, wait, that's not doing me good now. At a time, you just switched everything on and just listened and went on. We all get it there. But that's why we need to see Jesus. Is this okay? We are so much more than we perceive right now. We are so much more than what we perceive. Uh, If we really had an idea what God saw in us, I think we'd be really shocked to see what what how God sees us. Most of us see ourselves as helpless Christians, helpless believers. A couple of months back, we preached on Peter walking on water, I might just use the the um, analogy again. Yeah, let's do it. Peter steps out of the boat, steps out from his past life, okay? I've seen that happen every time with, uh, when somebody gets saved, especially a new convert at the Word Church. You see them. Pff, it's wild. Everything. They're getting baptized. they like everything. And they step out of the boat. They step away from their old life. And what are they doing? They start walking on water. They believe for the impossible. They believe. And uh, after a while, they begin to sink. Begin to get into swimming mode. And every other Christian says, Welcome to our life. This is this is the mature Christian life. You know, we don't believe for anything. You know, we just we just stick to the normal, we stick to the natural. You know, we all fail. It's all right. And so so our whole theology gets formed around that place. And we don't go past the place to get where we walk back, where we get back on walking on water. We say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, deliver me. Can you see that I'm drowning? And yeah, we have Jesus coming to Peter. And he. maybe if I'm walking on water and people are looking at me and somebody's swimming, I'll, I'll run to them and I'll say, oh, are you okay? Let me help you. Let me, John, get me a towel. Let's dry off his hair. You know? But Jesus says, why, why did you doubt? He doesn't say, it's okay. He just said, what's the matter with you? Why are you like that? Why are you so little faith? Why didn't you have faith? Get up and walk again. Get up and walk with me. Get on the water and walk. Oh, my goodness. Get an appetite for a higher life, church. Come on, church. Get an appetite for a higher life. At, amen. At some point, you believed, and now you don't believe. I don't know. Usually, it's logic. Clever people. Clever people. Like, it's good to be clever. Don't get me wrong. Be smart. But sometimes, logic that makes the spirit spiritual stuff like nothing. You know. Uh, yeah. It's like it borders on stupidities, faith sometimes. Sometimes you're doing something in faith. And it's like, gosh, you're being really stupid right now. And sometimes you think it's faith, but you're actually being stupid. I'll give you I'll give you a a, a example. I might have shared the story, but I'll do it again. Um, I remember at a certain time really battling with uh, a bill that I had to pay. How many of you guys been there? <laughs> and it's, usually it's not just one. It's like they come on top of each other. And then sometimes, like in church, like in this atmosphere, oh man, it's easy to believe that all things are possible. But something about getting it at the wrong time, you know, like, oh, this again. I've been here before. And I remember just like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And uh, next day, a guy who watches um, some of the messages that I put on Facebook and stuff, he phoned me. And he said, Bruce, I had a dream about you. You were fixing your car. There was something wrong with your car. But your attitude was like bad. And uh, so I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. So he says, he says, please send me your banking details. I wanna, I just felt to put something in your account. So I sent him my banking details, and I said, thank you. And I think he put a thousand rand in my account, which sounds awesome. Thank, thank, thank you, Jesus. It's not even a portion of the money that I actually need. But thank you, I can see that you care. <laughs> and uh but then I remembered the scripture that says God gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And it's amazing that God will sometimes provide the seed for your harvest. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing, because we want to skip the process and go get to the harvest, Lord Jesus. Don't want the seed. Give me the harvest. So we eat the seed. We don't, we don't sow the seed. And that day I realized, wait, this is seed. So I took the thousand rand, and I immediately sowed it. So it came in, and I sowed it. And when I say the next day, I mean the next day. From America, someone that I've never met never spoken to, um, got, got into contact with me. And he said, uh, it's a lady. She said, Bruce, I have some money. I don't know what to do with it. I really don't know what to do with it. I spoke to my husband. We feel we need to sow it to you. So I said, okay, cool. Sow. So they sowed the money. It covered everything. Now, now the natural man will hear something like that. Take a thousand rand this morning and sew it in the offering, <laughs> and they'll get nothing. They'll get nothing because, uh, because they don't understand some things are done in faith. If you treat spiritual concepts with a natural mentality, you're not going to get anything. You need to understand something's faith, and that's how we're supposed to approach every phase in our life, is with faith. Come on, man, you've got a superpower you you got, got a superpower. You are really powerful. You are not just a human being. You are more than a human being. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. You are divine. You're, like the message said, godlike. And I can give you 100 scriptures. Well, not 100. I can give you quite a few scriptures that, that show you that you are divine by nature if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, the Scripture says you're none of His. But if you're in Christ, you're more and above. Is this all right? Um, no, I just thought, let's, let's just go for the whole thing. You know, like if somebody, if your name was on a wall and for a billion rand and the person dies and you don't get it, what will you do? What will you do? Will you just sit there and drift and do nothing? Or will you go for your inheritance? Come on, just be honest. You'll go for the inheritance. Well, your name was on the wall when Jesus died for you to give you an inheritance. Don't go through life without your inheritance. Um, uh, John 11, 11, I'm nearly done. I could preach the whole day today, though, easily. In John 11, uh, when... Martha comes to Jesus. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Okay, I need to come back to this point. Just remind me. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. How many of you guys believe that? I want you to meditate on that. What is your belief around that? Are some things possible? Are all things possible every now and then? I want you to meditate on that. That means that nothing, according to Jesus, with that hope, nothing is ever lost. Even if you've lost it, nothing is ever lost. Ever, 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 ever. All things are possible at any given time. No matter what the situation, no matter how long ago it happened, all things are possible. <laughs> no, Bruce, some things are po- No, Jesus gave me my doctrine that all things are possible and that I can do all things through him. So Martha comes to, to Jesus. i got my point back. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha didn't like that answer. She said, I know he will rise one day in the resurrection. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I'm not bound to your doctrine. I'm not bound. Here, some of us have got a sermon, good scriptures, that excuse us from going for, for the miracle. Come on. You can have a hundred scriptures to excuse you from believing for the impossible. Okay, let's, uh, today I'm, I'm just preaching a message to psyche you, just to get you excited, just to give you an appetite. All right, so let's go to, um, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Okay, so my point in Hebrews was that, The only person that we can ever point to that was ever in dominion and that is in dominion is Jesus. I've heard people preach how God is trying to restore us back to that time. God is not restoring us to Adam and Eve, He's upgrading us. Adam and Eve failed in the cool of the garden, Jesus passed in the heat of the desert. You get that nature. You get, you get his uh, attributes, all of his. You become a co-heir with Jesus. Hallelujah. Where, do we, where are we going? What did I say? Second Corinthians. Now, imagine with everything that we've preached this morning, and trust me, there is so much more to say that we really believe it. Imagine that we really run with it. And I'm going to give a few challenges after this, including myself, some stuff that we've been thinking about. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Remember what happened with Peter while he was walking on on water. While he was looking at Jesus, he was doing what Jesus was doing. The moment he looked away from Jesus, he looked at the wind and the waves. What happened? What would happen to every other one of us? The laws of nature kicked in. Gravity works. He went down. Okay? What was the difference? Where his focus was? Where his perspective was? That's the only difference. Okay? So, 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 18, all of us with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of of glory to another. Come on, isn't that too much? That's like too much for the, it's amazing. Uh, This morning, while we were preaching uh, this message, you've experienced a shift in perspective. You saw that, wait, nothing is possible to, wait, maybe something is possible. Oh no, wait, all things are actually possible when I see Jesus. You saw that something shifts but, but church, we need to understand that the, the biggest revival and the biggest awakening that the world is waiting for is not going to be coming down on a cloud. It's going to be coming from you. I'm going to, oh, we must go there too. It's going to be coming from the church that really believes, that really sees Jesus, that really has the ability to, um, to see Jesus and to behold His glory, to believe it, and to run with it. What will happen if you take God's word and instead of just closing the Bible and leaving it for another day, take it and run with it. Take it and believe it. Okay. Take it and believe it and know that you are more. So there's some things that the Lord has been ministering to me as well and uh, for a while now. But I was just thinking, um, there's a lot of marriages here yeah, and I felt this was... This was also for, for me. The Lord spoke to me about this. I was driving in my car, and uh, and the Lord. I was just praying, uh, praying to God, and I was so excited about some things that He was showing me. And He said, "Okay, Bruce, what's your spiritual life like? Have you guys been Word active?" And you got that uh, question. Okay, so the Lord, the, the Lord spoke to me. So I said, "I reckon it's really good." And the Lord said nope it's not good and i and he said i was like why it was like because you're one with somebody else and i realized wait me and my wife yeah he said you're one what is your spiritual life like and this is like a real word of like conviction to all our married couples in the church do you pray together I'm not speaking about just praying for, um, for breakthroughs, okay? Do you seek God's face together, okay? And I'm, if you're not married and you're single, the word goes for you as well. But I'm just saying, like, we need to bring in everybody. And, and so you have, this is for the married guys, you have a spiritual health, a responsibility, to look after, and if you're really going to experience all of this that we're preaching, you have to go at it together. You have to go at it together with that person. See God's face with that person. Okay. Today, if you're single, okay, it, it's all right. Okay, uh, marriage is not an upgrade. It's just different. Okay, it's not like you're missing out on life if you're not if you're not married. The same goes for you seek God's face. Bill Johnson, must you always come in my uh, sermons? A guy comes to him and says, I don't really know what I want to do. I'm not sure what I must do with my life. He said, well, Scripture says, go out, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead. He said, well, I'm not really sure if I want to be in ministry. I want to maybe become a, a, a lawyer. So he said, well, then be a lawyer who heals the sick, who raises the dead, who preaches the gospel. Come on. I th- we have to. There's some things that we're going to have to change in our theology, in our belief system. It is your responsibility to want to, to pursue the things of God. It, um, I can't serve God for you. Uh, to the kids in church, your parents can't serve God for you. You have to serve God yourself. There comes a point we train up, we do as much as we can. But there comes a point where you need to serve God. It goes beyond just going to church. If you go to church, the old saying that says just because you sleep in a garage doesn't make you a car. If you go to church, it doesn't mean that you're serving God. Service to God is real services. Everything, that's your life that you give to Him. Um, I heard a missionary once say, "There's two. It's like there's two really important decisions in your life. Number one is when you receive Jesus in your heart. Number two is when you give Him your life. That's when you really surrender your life. And we can we can we can run we can live a Christian Christian life by not." Being completely yielded to Jesus by keeping the wisdom of this world at the expense of the wisdom that comes of the Spirit, and and God wants to upgrade that. You know, the the, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, "Let me follow you." And he says, "Go sell everything that you have. Go sell everything that you have." Guy couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But if you just read a little bit further on. It was Jesus' interest to give him even more, to give him even more than what he had before. But because his heart was connected with the cares of this world, because the things that he owned actually owned him, he couldn't sacrifice that. And the Lord, the Lord is not going to call you into poverty into you know, the Lord wants to prosper you, he wants to bless you. But we have to lay down cares. We have to lay down the things that are holding on to us, so that we can live, um, step into the glory. Amen. Okay. Um, so some things um, I just put out that challenge, in particular to the men. Um, I know some we got we got single moms in the house. We've got single dads in the house. We've got all of that. But I put that I put that challenge. Um, if you if you're married to the men so I brought with me. Me I brought with What? Can't get it. This egg for myself. Myself. Um, seek God's face with your with your family, not just the, the not just the shopping list. Put the shopping list aside and seek the face of God. And uh, and and to the to the single parents. Do that with your kids, okay? Do that with your kids. Seek the face of God together, okay? We have that role. The, the other thing is, um, in your in your personal life, have a look. Just one Corinthians says, do a test of faith. Do a test to see if you're if you're in the faith. It's possible that you're not in the faith anymore. It's a possible that your faith has gone shipwrecked. Check your heart. And then pursue Jesus again. I had something really amazing to say. And it's, it's gone. But. um, You know when you run a race. I mean. I was, we were with Ratif. And he was watching him work out. Uh, he was in a competition this weekend. Got me thinking about. When you run a race, normally when you finish that race, you would have looked back and thought, could I have done better? Could I have have pressed a little bit harder? Could I have focused? I remember once I lost the race just because I looked to the right and I was winning. Just because I looked at the, the guy on the side. What will happen in your faith if you really just focus in And throw your whole your all to Jesus. And you just gave your all to Jesus. And we ran our race, the appointed one that he gave us. Amen. So I'm gonna pray. I'm just gonna pray whatever's on my heart. Um the band, you guys can just stay. It's okay. I wanted us to sing a song. But I'm going to pray what I believe there's people in this place that, that might want to say words like this. So I'm going to pray on behalf of you. So you can just close your eyes and we we'll pray together. Father, just like a song that we sing, give me vision to see things the way you do. Father, I want to see things the way you see them. So many of us have grown up conditioned to think in a certain way, to reason in a certain way. The way we were taught, the way our parents did things. Lord, I want to see things the way you see it. I want to see myself through your eyes I want to understand what you've called me to maybe this morning you sitting here and it's like Bruce I got no idea what you said this morning but I I could feel it I could feel the invitation from from Jesus to live a higher life well father I pray for for years of revelation Lord, that when they open the scriptures to read that they'll begin to see the inheritance and that we won't compromise the inheritance, the glory that you've called us to live and to experience for a normal life, for vanity like Ecclesiastes writes, but that we will will press in, that we'll run to win, that we'll fight to connect, that we'll lay hold of that which you've laid hold on us for and i prophesy over this church a new day i prophesy like like uh, that you'll run your race free from from certain cares that have kept you bound free from from mindsets that have trapped you free from stubbornness from habits free in jesus name from tempers free from every Sin that likes to cling and hold on and prevent us from running. I speak freedom over you today. In Jesus' name. And I want to speak to your spirit, man. The desire to run. The desire to pursue the face of God. Like Moses cried out, show me your glory, Lord. May there be a cry in everybody's heart to see the glory. To look into the face of Jesus. And to see Jesus who is above, who is ranked higher, who, is, who suffered death and as a result is crowned with glory and honor, and experienced that so that we could have a divine life, that we could be above, that we will not settle for the dust, that we will not settle for, for average and for a mediocre life, but we will truly be the bride, the peculiar people, the holy priesthood, the holy nation that he saw. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that. I pray for the married couples. I pray for our marriages, Father. You said that it's to be honored. It's to be honored. And Father, that, that we will really, really experience oneness with you. That our spiritual lives that will really be connected. That will be one with you. That will pursue you together. I pray for for the single moms, the single dads, in the in the house as well, where it's the desire to bring them up. Uh, and Father, it's anyways, it's two, it's you, and and them, and and that they will experience the glory of God, the presence of Jesus, in their homes. As kids will will know Him, will know Him. I speak over every kid in this place, every teenager. I'm praying for you right now in Jesus name you've got to want to you've got to open your eyes you've got to run your race you've got to get your eyes on the prize don't get don't take the bait of this world don't don't go for the traps in this world God is calling you away from that thank you Father today also people that have been hurt by religion people that have experienced religion powerless, nothing there, freedom from that, free. So I don't know, maybe just do an action and just shake yourself off from the dust, shake yourself off from the lies. If you see yourself swimming in the water, Jesus, save me, take his hand and get up and walk again. Believe for the impossible. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, yeah, I wanted to end the service with a song, but I just feel like the spirit of God is just right here where we can pray together. So we're going to have a communion together. I want to put a challenge on on everyone as well. Um, with your giving, don't get into the uh, mentality that where God is not in your giving, where God is not involved in your finances. Let God in your finances trust him with your finances and in 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 finances it includes giving that's the way you can show that i trust you lord jesus so i want i want to i want to remind you all okay it's not the lottery don't treat it like the lottery you can treat it like farming there's a time for that seed and harvest but the principle is faith use faith you give and uh and we agree with your with your whatever you agreeing for and praying for i agree with it and um yeah let's let's just double up on everything just double up on everything your time with jesus your time with your wife and if you have i'm going to ramble on and on and on but go for the for the full inheritance go for the full inheritance if people aren't going to run with you leave them behind run if people don't want to believe for breakthrough, keep believing. Just don't settle for, for, for less. Amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.